From the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios, recorded in front of a live studio audience high atop two Turtle Creek Tower, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings and salutations, everyone. This is Ryan Trimble, joined today by the great Sean Williams with an angelic voice. We know you've been uh, been out in the world practicing your singing voice recently, and we're just glad to have you on the show, Sean. I am glad to co-host this show with you, Ryan Trimble. Uh, last night, we had choir rehearsal at Friendship West Baptist Church, and the youth choir has invited the parents to be part of the choir on the fourth Sunday, so uh, anyone who wants to attend, you're welcome. But it was fun participating in choir rehearsal, me and my son Isaiah. It's nice. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. That's good uh, father-son time. I am proud also of our first studio audience show. It's, I mean, out, it's really It's great. really exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's really exciting. Studio audience, why don't you give us a hand? Man, there's one that set of so hands, rude. but that it's is. okay. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> I mean, Aaron Ragsdale is our guest today as our audience member because we have commandeered her office <laughs> to record this show. That is correct. You guys are welcome anytime. Okay. She has Thank you, Aaron, and don't office. let us uh, bother your working. Yeah, keep, just keep, <laughs> just keep, keep doing what you're doing over there. Um, this was a good week for us. Actually, last week we recorded this interview, and um, it was with U.S. House of Representatives member Pete Sessions. That's right. Uh, we had uh, the chance to visit with Congressman Sessions, and uh, big thanks to his his great staff, Matt Garcia, Carolyn Booth, uh, and all the team up there for uh, helping set this thing up. Uh, you know, it, it was interesting. We haven't uh, really talked a lot about what's going on in Washington, D.C. and how that affects us here back in Dallas and in Texas. So it was uh, good to get a good to get a view into that and, and get a taste of, of what's going on in our nation's capital, Sean. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing that interview with our studio audience. Um, also would love to share more about our client work, which has kind of come part of our show, become part of our show, but um, I don't think we'll really be able to do that this week. <laughs> That's right. We've been working uh, nonstop over the past couple weeks or so, all with non-disclosure agreements. So just know uh, we are working, we are working hard, but hey, we can't tell you anything about it. And if we're, you know, still doing this show, I don't know, six, 12 months down the road, maybe we can talk about <laughs> yeah. our work. That's that right. We're on. That's That'd right. Well, uh, big show today again, and uh, thank you to uh, Congressman Sessions for coming on. We're going to get to that, uh, get to our interview right after the break. So thanks for stopping by Deconstructing Dallas. We'll see you after this. Hey, everyone. It's your pal, Ryan. Let's talk about some names from the recent NFL draft. Wide receiver Cortland Sutton, drafted 40th overall by the Denver Broncos. Defensive end Justin Lawler, drafted by the LA Rams. Receiver Trey Quinn, drafted by the Washington Redskins. You know what these NFL talents have in common? You guessed it, they're all former SMU Mustangs. And right now, you too can harness the opportunity to see some up-and-coming NFL talent like these guys by purchasing your 2018 SMU football season tickets. For just $99, you can see some great action at Ford Stadium this fall with games against TCU, Navy, and the dreaded University of Houston Cougars. So join the herd. 
go to smumustangs.com or call 214-SMU-GAME and ask for your very own $99 season tickets today. Again, that's smumustangs.com or 214-SMU-GAME. We'll see you at the stadium. Pony up. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams, and Sean, I am so excited today. Uh, we have a great guest joining us, uh, a gentleman that has been really good to me. I'm, I'm honored to, to be sitting here with him. He's been great to me throughout my career with uh, Chairman Branch, and then uh, has been super helpful to me uh, during my time uh, working with some of our great clients. He is Congressman Pete Sessions, Chairman of the Rules Committee. Congressman, how are you today? You know, it's a beautiful day. Let's face it. Uh, a little bit of rain goes a long way. You're darn right. My lawn's going to really appreciate yes, it. Yes. So. Yes. Well, uh, Mr. Chairman, we wanted to get your uh, kind of 30,000-foot view of what's going on in the Capitol uh, and and what it means for us here back in Dallas. There, uh, Ryan, as you know, there's a lot of controversy, as if we have not figured that out, about not only what we're doing in Washington, but also what we're not doing. And the Republican majority, of which I'm a part of, uh, has struggled. We have struggled in order to pass pieces of legislation to become law. And the biggest impediment that we have is called the United States Senate. The United States Senate has a arcane rule that requires there to be cloture in order to accomplish moving pieces of legislation that requires 59, actually 60, senators to agree that they want to do that. And Republicans, I believe, only have 52 members. So there's over 400 pieces of legislation that have passed the House that have not gone the Senate. Now, there's uh, at least one in particular that did pass that has provided the country with an amazing viewpoint of how well you can see two pieces of, of legislation making a huge difference in our country. Number one, when we passed a law several years ago, President Obama, to raise taxes, the highest tax spending bill we'd ever had, uh, the largest amount of dollar, not the largest percent, uh, and it slowed GDP to 1.2% for eight years. Republicans, those darn pesky Republicans, decided that we could no longer handle all the companies moving overseas, all of the problems with American competition, uh, and the struggle, not only in the in uh, people making a go of it, but actually being able to provide benefits and long-term benefits yeah. for employees. So these darn Republicans uh, lowered the tax code. It has stimulated our economy. We have the largest amount of African-Americans ever working, the largest amount of Hispanics ever working, the largest amount of women in the marketplace with jobs. We're really seeing economic growth take hold. Uh, of course, here in Dallas, Texas, if you destruct Dallas, Texas, you can see we, we have uh, some 20,000 jobs right now for $16 an hour, full benefits in the construction industry alone. We have uh, signs up all over the place. They need employees. And 
we're we're moving the economy here in North Texas. So it is the greatest piece of legislation for encouraging economic growth and development all across all across the country. Uh, and we're taking advantage of it, and it's really helping America. We are better today because of the struggle. The struggle, look, it was a political battle between two types of people, people that want to see the free enterprise system work and those that want to see government work. And in this case, free enterprise system guys won. You talked about... Um, and, and talking to Ryan just then, and, and that question about Texas, about the economy, where we are as a country, but we've got a great economy in Texas. You sit in a, a space here where you can really see a lot of it, even just from, from your office here. So what is it about Texas? What What's happened during your time that you've seen uh, as to why Texas has fared so well in, in, the, in the economy right now? The, uh, the, the Texas economy over the last, uh, we'll say 10 years, uh, has produced more jobs in Texas, net new jobs each year, than the country, the other 49 states did themselves. That tells you that something is different. There's something that's happening in Texas when you're creating more jobs than all 49 others. One is called a stable work environment, a stable political environment, an environment that is aimed with an eye towards not only economics, but for business, small business, small business growth. It's a state that has great schools. It's a state that has great quality education uh, at the uh, secondary level and and well into the postgraduate level. It is uh, a a stability where we uh, are a right to work state. The free enterprise system can go and set its standards and meet its mark. Uh, It has the attributes of great highways uh, and an infrastructure. It has dynamic cities of Houston, Dallas, San Antonio. Some say Austin. Uh, They like to keep it weird down there. You know that grows. You know that grows too. I know it well. So let's not act like some, some bit of Texas does not have diversity. But the underpinning is no state income tax and we don't tax death tax. And that sets Texas apart where people not only want to come and 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 make this their home, but they want to live here after they've retired too. Other states, uh, I don't need to tell you, have high levels of taxation starting for the regular employee once they make 40,000 bucks. Well, we don't believe in that here in Texas. That they have a problem with uh, the death tax in California and these other states that they'll pay eight to twelve percent of of an asset that uh, that you'd save money and pay taxes on, and the state wants its own. So a lot of a lot of things are conducive to that. And I think the other part is we have such pride here in Texas. We have pride of each other. We look at each other differently. We want to see each other be successful, and actually people want to be a part of what we're doing. I I wish I could say I'm always for the Houston Texans. I'm always for the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. But it, we want we want to see the Rangers win, and we want to see the Astros win. So there's a lot, there's a lot that yeah. we have in common here. Yeah. 
Well, you you mentioned the word stability, and I know that um, uh, in light of the speaker uh, making his recent announcement that he's not going to be returning, um, that may create, I don't want to use the word instability, but that may create some new opportunities and some new changes in leadership. So I wanted to know if you could give us a little insight as to what that might mean for the Texas delegation. Yeah, the um, Paul Ryan is a good man. Paul Ryan is seen as a straight shooter. Paul Ryan is seen in lots of what I think are favorable, disciplined ways. Uh, Paul probably uh, has talents that he's not getting a chance to utilize. I think he he longs to be set free from being the speaker. I think it's it's an institution uh, in and of itself and a responsibility. Uh, I think Paul, by making his announcement, which was very interesting as opposed to waiting till the end of the term, uh, he really tells you how straightforward he is. He wants his district that's back home that he thinks of himself mostly as being a congressman. Mm-hmm. He's given them a chance. I, I tend to look at it a little differently. I think he has a, a huge responsibility as speaker. I think it has created uh, some bit of an uncertainty, meaning that we... we from, he's become. Uh, you, you don't just, want to say just, lame duck. I'm sure. Well, I, I don't. All right, all right. Then I will. I was going to say he's put himself in a position where who's making decisions is yeah. unclear. But if you want to call it lame duck, all right, we'll call it lame duck. But <laughs> yeah. but he's put himself in a position where if he chooses to make a decision or does not choose to make a decision, it's not always known and understood. So stability is a key to. most things successful so uh, what would this mean the Texas delegation this would mean that uh, that uh, Texas is the largest single block within the conference uh, Republican conference Texas also uh, suffers as we have for a long period of time since Jim Wright was there we've not been able to produce a Republican uh, in that role and I think we could this next time That'd be great. This is Deconstructing Dallas. We have U.S. Representative Pete Sessions here with us. Congressman, you know, I know a lot of focus obviously is on the midterms, and I know your your party, as you mentioned, passed the tax bill, which um, I know you all definitely proud of. But what do you see as the other issues that are going to be uh, important to the country coming up, you know, whether it be before the midterms, after the midterms, like where do you see things heading? Without a doubt, uh, this uh, issue of the economy and taxes and job growth and the availability of, of a better economy and people who are able to get a job is important. But as you suggest, it's not the only part of what we will see in this election. I think the election is going to find itself off a series of directions the country is going to go. I think that the country, as we've seen, uh, the Democratic Party has found themselves losing the House, the Senate, and the presidency. Uh, I think that what they fought on in the special elections last year, 2017, uh, through their candidates, where their candidates were uh, from the left side of the party, far left side of the party, and they lost all four of those races. They have a series of people who are still in these races right now who got in a year ago. And then you see the newest entrants 
or at least what we'll call a winner, a winner in, in, in Pennsylvania. And the DCCC supported a guy who's completely pro-life and had an AR-15 in his, in his literature. Democrat Party was completely behind that. Well, that happened to be the winning candidate. Very interesting. You see that there was an Arizona race where it was not as demonstrable between mm-hmm. the two of them. Also, yeah. the Republican won that. Uh, I think that that the Democratic Party is setting themselves up to run a, a hardcore race that would say we want to move the country left. We want to move the country left with free college, free health care. Uh, we want uh, gun control. Uh, we want the, the, the factors related to uh, uh, economics. They want to raise taxes. They had wanted to raise taxes a trillion dollars uh, a, a full year ago before this, and they want to raise spending a trillion dollars. So I think you have to then look at that the party, the Democratic Party, and certainly the people running against me this time were those Democrat activists who got in the race when they were after a different kind of candidate uh, over a year ago. They are Democrat activists. They have worked their way up through campaigns. They are very much into the Democrat apparatus, whether it be Hillary, whether it be uh, you know other, other people, maybe uh, Bernie Sanders, maybe Elizabeth Warren. They are from that wing of the party. That is where the wing of the party is in Dallas County that wants to support that. So it, we're going to have, we'll be playing that Republican, conservative Republican versus liberal Democrat. And I think it will come down to this. I think it will come down to a question about who do you want to make decisions in your life? And if you're for government and you want to empower government with a trillion dollars more taxes and a trillion dollars more spending, and you want them to, as, as both of my colleagues, both of my, uh, the people run against me have said, they want single payer system, they want Medicare for all. That is the government fundamentally making a decision about your health care, because that's what Obamacare is. And they would do the same with single payer. The government makes the decisions. And I'm married, my wife is not in favor of me making her health care decisions, <laughs> she does. Yeah. And so why in the world would any woman want the government rather than themselves making these decisions? I think that's going to be a big part of the election. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to be back with Congressman Pete Sessions. Maybe we'll talk a little cybersecurity. What do you think, Chairman? Sound I'm, good? I'm ready. All right. We'll see you after the break. Thanks for tuning in. You 
know, it's been about a month since I started using my Buck brush, which is a quality electric toothbrush. And let me tell you, it is the same quality as a $150 toothbrush. But Buck brush, it's only $35. And Buck brush doesn't rip you off by charging you $15 for every replacement head either. For only a dollar a month, you'll be brushing fresh all year. My favorite feature is the 30 second timer that vibrates to let me know exactly how long I've been brushing. It's a powerful brush with three different speeds. Stop spending hundreds of dollars on your electric toothbrush. Go to buckbrushco.com and try it for yourself. That's buckbrushco.com. Join the revolution. Let's vibe together. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We're joined today by Congressman Pete Sessions. And Congressman, thanks again for coming on. You have been good to us, and you have hosted the Microsoft Cybersecurity Roundtable that we have hosted for several years here in the DFW area. And I wanted to get your thoughts on what's going on in the cybersecurity world right now. I had a chance to go up to Redmond last year and, and hear from some of the Microsoft cybersecurity experts. And I wanted to throw away all my computers, all my electronics, and just you know go go live in a go live in a cave or something. But tell us what's going on. Tell us we're safe. Tell us what we're doing proactively. Just fill us in. Well, first let me suggest ponies don't do well <laughs> in a cave. That's right. I can't run very fast. Can't can't get things done. So USMU guys need to stick to uh, studying where we're headed. The bottom line is is that more and more and more technology is taking not just nation states but individuals to where they can gather these not only signals, air signals, uh, but they can gather data through the air and, and off, off the uh, websites and and into the uh, into the inter what I would call the internet of things there's a lot of theft of data there's a lot of stealing of data there's a lot of breaking into accounts the bottom line to the entire matter is is that every company in order to keep its privacy of its customers companies in order to keep their their data about themselves uh, and about their company secrets are increasingly finding themselves being isolated into private networks that nobody can then get into federal government is no no n- not any different no different and the federal government has a need to know that they have thousands of customers that need data and add to and supplement data. Uh, it's, it's an issue. We're seeing this pop up uh, in particular as we deal with nation states also. We know, and you, you have seen very clearly, how there are nation states. Uh, the Iranians have been involved, the Chinese are involved, the Russians are involved, the Chechnyans are involved. We saw North Korea uh, disagree with something that happened with them from Sony, and they came directly at them and attacked uh, their sites. Uh, Loss of data and information is critical, uh, but also so is intellectual property. And we're seeing in the same vein 
recreation of phones, uh, of computers that are fake, that are not real. We, we remember, I'm sure every one of us has seen these fake Rolex watches that you can get for 10 bucks in New York City. Well, now it's, it's embedded in, in all sorts of uh, uh, spyware and other things that companies got. So my, my, where, where are we headed here? People need to be careful. We need to be careful about what we're giving out, uh, who's involved, uh, and what we're transmitting, because increasingly yeah. it's a difficult world. And our children are having to learn this. Our our business partners are having to learn this. And the United States has found itself on the backside of theft, of intellectual property, of data, uh, and perhaps more importantly, in this process, we're finding that our military is struggling to stay leading edge ahead of all these from a from an intelligence and military perspective also. And what do we do because it's a balance. We want to be on the front end of the technology changes. You know, every 6 months there are new apps, there are new social media tools, but yet, you know, there are threats that come with that. So, what is the balance that the federal government how can the federal government help us with these threats? Well, the federal government uh, finds itself in a unique position also where many times they do not employ some of the things that they do. As you may remember, there's a a very famous instance of uh, what America did to the Iranians, a worm, a bug, uh, a a parasite that might have been inflicted on the Iranians. Uh, There's a movie about that and a lot of things. Lots of these things America cannot employ because they see it matured by somebody else and it comes and roosts back home. What people need to be aware of is the normal things. You need to change your passcodes. You need to not leave your computer handy. You need to back up appropriately what you do and and succinctly and carefully look at that. Uh, but where you have large companies that have to get into databases for customer uh, even just to get a customer premise, if you've got a technician that going out somewhere, you've got to segment your your systems out. So I, I think that I think that business is adapting themselves, and we're going to see where we will employ lots of computer science people for a long period of time of data, holding data, transmitting that that data, and holding it in storage. We have U.S. Representative Pete Sessions with us here on Deconstructing Dallas. Now, when we came into your office, I saw a number of pictures uh, with you and the Boy Scouts on the walls. And I know last summer when my son was on his way to Jamboree, uh, they stopped by your office in D.C. and spent some time and took some pictures. So can you talk about your relationship with the Boy Scouts and kind of um, how, how that uh, your relationship with them has evolved over the years? Yes, I can. And, th- and thank you. Uh, the Boy Scouts of America is an important institution to uh, the country. It's woven into the fabric of, of, of organizations, of people, of communities, of ideas about not only discipline and character, but also about uh, strategy and opportunity to challenge young, young people, in this case young men how to better their lives, how to, how to have a, a relationship not only with themselves that is that is a demand upon a person, uh, as you have probably heard, uh, on my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and my country. That is a note that I took on myself. Mostly, you pledge yourself to an organization. 
It's a character-disciplined organization. I'm close to the Boy Scouts. My dad's an Eagle Scout. My grandfather wrote the God and Country Award. I'm an Eagle Scout. My two sons are Eagle Scouts. We believe in it. My best friends are Eagle Scouts. Scouting is under attack, has been under attack from when I was a scoutmaster in New Jersey in 1986. There have been attack uh, uh, in California, in New Jersey, in New York, in lots of these states that want to do a number of things to scouting, but what they want to do is defeat scouting. And they're trying everything they can do to take away and diminish where there is a, a relationship with a higher being. You can call that God, but it is a requirement that in Boy Scouting that you believe also uh, and, and honor God. And and there's a lot of people that don't like that. So a lot of people trying to defeat it, they're defeating it. it and, and I think they're being very successful right now to make put, put, to put the, United, the Boy Scouts on the, the defensive. And we're countering this sometimes well and sometimes not well. Uh, I believe in the Boy Scouts of America. I deeply believe in the Girl Scouts of America. I believe that girls and women should be allowed to be in their own organizations. I believe men and boys should be able to be in their own organizations as long as they're aiming to the very best as long as it's a character development and training and, and, and doing those things. And I think the vast number of Americans do. I think the Boy Scouts has a great name. I think we're under attack in courts and by laws and by people who simply cannot handle a, the truth that we believe that character counts and so they're defeating us at, at a core for who we are. Well, speaking of character development, I know you all just had your kickoff for the Pete Sessions Leadership and Growth Program, so I know it's something that you are passionate about. Tell us about the program this year, and, and I know you had uh, Rob Sarver as the keynote for the kickoff party. Can you give us a little insight on we that? We did, and I'll tell you, Rob Sarver, uh, as some people in, in our community know, that we have a, a, a pretty good number of Navy SEALs who have chosen to make Dallas home. I don't want to call them retired. I don't want to call them former. I want to call right. them Navy SEALs. They earn that title. They carry the trident uh, on their not only lapel, but they fought for this country. They did unspeakable things. Many of them hurt, a high number of them hurt, uh, disabled. Uh, there's a young man uh, who was on our staff, a Navy SEAL who's running down in the 2nd Congressional District yeah. of Texas right now, Dan Crenshaw lost an eye uh, in uh, a, 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 an incident that happened where as part of his official duties as a SEAL, it was tough. Uh, Rob Sarver challenged our young people in what we call PSLGP to uh, accept a code of honor, of disciplined boy, girl, young kid, whatever. Do not go through life without a code that you understand and that you subscribe to a code that is not about yourself, it's about other people. Rob talked about teamwork. He talked about the, the characteristics of success. He talked about also how important it is to understand that when you stand for something, you better be prepared to defend it. And in this case, he believes the United States of America, and he believes in the Constitution of the United States that sets us all free, makes us all equal and free men, women, people, uh, but that it's, it's a constant evolution of how we're going to 
defend defend that freedom, and that's what Navy SEALs do, and that's what we as American people do also. We saw this last week we lost another police officer. Yeah. Close to losing two. And let me tell you what, the time we get away from thinking that we want our police officers to be social workers, we're in trouble. And they are out on the front lines, the tip of the spear, protecting our uh, law-abiding citizens. My sons, your sons, your daughters, our wives, uh, yes. And uh, it's a tough job. And that's part of what Rob talked about, the higher being uh, so to speak, thinking about how we how we do a job of public service, and it's a higher viewpoint than than just an average citizen who walks around and does not have that laid on them. These men and women, first responders, uh, firefighters, police officers, members of the military, elected officials, have to carry, or they do not last long in the business, a viewpoint of it's about others, not yourself. Well, Chairman, it's been a pleasure having you on today. Anything else you want to add? Where where can our listeners find you? Where do you want them to go to, to get some more information on, on anything you have to share? Well, we have a Dallas district office uh, that is uh, just south of 635, uh, just off of Coit. It's on Merritt Drive. We're available here, uh, www.sessions.house.gov. We have a great staff here. The great Matt Garcia is our Texas chief of staff, and Matt has a great uh, staff here. We're involved in the community, whether it be uh, all the way up through the center of Dallas or uh, Richardson, Garland, Wiley, Saxe, Rowlett, East Dallas, Highland Park, University Park, Uptown, uh, North Dallas, uh, and beautiful Richardson. All these are areas that w- require and need a sense of, of the ability that they know that we're there to work for them and to try and take their values as I go to Washington. Uh, I come back every weekend. Uh, I've spent uh, five weekends in 22 years where I stayed in Washington. I come back here. This is where I want to be, and I love it. And and most of all, I enjoy it because I want to see my Dallas Cowboys do well, my scouts do well, clean up White Rock Lake. Uh, But I I have so many dear friends and family that are here, and, and, and this is home. So I love it. Well, we certainly appreciate you coming on. You have... The, the best staff, the best congressional Just staff that them. I know. Just ask yeah, That's right. That's right. And so appreciate your time today, Chairman, and uh, we'll be right back after this break. is Deconstructing Dallas. I'm Trimble. Sean Williams in front of our live studio audience. (laughs) Thank you. This is great. Are y'all almost done or is it? (laughs) We we are getting very close. Okay. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, studio audience. (laughs) Well, Sean, uh, exciting times coming up. We've got the Eastern and Western Conference Finals and the NBA playoffs coming up. I know you're fired up. We have a Texas team in it again. Sorry it's not the Mavs. It's the Rockets. Yeah, from a Texas standpoint, we were talking about, I mean, it's been a really good run of basketball for Texas. And while the Mavs are down and San Antonio is kind of down as well, you know, Hey, why not the Rockets? I mean, I, I, I'm not one to give Houston props generally on anything, but I do like to watch the Rockets play. I had a chance to watch the Rockets at AAC this year, and they are a fun team to watch. They're a fun team to watch for sure. But you know who else is fun to watch? My guy, Semi Ojale, former SMU great. I think he's going to be uh, getting quite a bit of playing time guarding LeBron in the finals here, Sean. So yeah. I know you'll be locked in to the Eastern yeah. Conference Finals. Um, I'm a LeBron guy, um, and we talk about that. But I know we'll be exchanging text messages on Monday when the Eastern Conference Finals gets going. That's right. That's right. Exciting stuff. So uh, we want to say thank you again to Matt Garcia, Carolyn Booth, Travis Reynolds, the whole team sessions for helping us coordinate our uh, our sit down sit down interview with Chairman Sessions and uh, big thanks to him as well for coming on uh, sharing his thoughts on what's going on in DC and beyond and we will have an exciting show next week talking about something that we can discuss that is not part of any disclosure agreements <laughs> um, so thank you to Mary Woodleaf thank you to Jennifer Pascal thank you to Aaron Ragsdale for allowing us to use her office and being our live studio audience we want to ask that you download our episodes on apple Podcasts, on stitcher soundcloud wherever you listen to your podcast we are very excited to be with you this week and next and we are out this is deconstructing dallas adios